Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. Y'all doing all right this morning? You're doing all right? Yeah, awesome. Well, if you have a bulletin, if you have one of the, the little bulletin pages, I'm going to invite you to flip over to where it says message notes. I want to invite you to follow along. So if you've uh, got something to write with, something to write on, I want to invite you to be part of that. This morning, as we wrap up this series called Rescue, what I'm aware of is that it really comes down to the choices we make comes down to the choices that we make, that God throughout the series has been showing us how God wants to meet us where we're at, far away or close to him, and help us to grow closer to him, to walk with him. And so literally it comes down to choices. Now, how many of you by show of hands are not afraid to admit that you've made some bad decisions in the past? Anybody not afraid to make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it feel good to come clean this morning? Doesn't that feel good? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I've made tons of bad decisions. I don't have time to go into all of them this morning. That'd be a whole nother sermon series. I mean, that would be, that'd be awful. And so I don't have time for all of them, but I remember when I was a kid, my family had a Ford LTD station wagon. Do y'all remember those? Do y'all remember those? They're like, you know, the, the short version of an SUV, I guess is the best way I know to describe you. They'd seat about 70 people. So you can get a ton of people in them after church and we could go somewhere. And when I was a kid, there's always that deal. I've got an older brother. So on the way to a car, guess what we'd argue about? We're going to sit, right? And so when you're a kid, you call the seat. You, I call shotgun. Y'all know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, when you're the, the little brother, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to win. Yeah. Older brother always comes up with some rule that you've never heard of before. No, you can't say, you know, whatever. And, uh, so what I learned to do is call one of two places. I either called the hump. Y'all know what I'm talking about in the back seat. There's that hump where your knees are against your forehead, right? I mean, it's just an awkward seat or the trunk, the trunk. Did any of y'all ride in the trunk of a, of a, yeah, station wagon? So, so I, that, that, those are the two places that I loved. And so one, I remember this one occasion. I don't remember how old I was, probably five or six, maybe something like that. And my brother had a group of friends that were jumping into the car. And so my mom's driving us someplace. And so since there are so many people, I opted for the trunk, opted for the trunk. Now, one of the cool things about the trunk is you get to do whatever you want to back there, really. You, you can do whatever you want to. So I'm, I'm back there just sort of riding along and I'm writing all the little signs that says like, help, I've been kidnapped and holding that up in the window. I'm like throwing stuff out that, you know, I'm, I'm doing this number, trying to get all the truck drivers to honk. And so I'm doing all that stuff. And then finally I'm out of stuff to do. And so I'm looking around and what I discover is that one of my brother's friends has violated my space. You know what I'm talking about? When you're a kid, you've got those invisible lines. You've got your area, your brother or whoever. They're not allowed to touch you. They're not allowed to get into your space. And so I'm sitting back there in the trunk looking around. And one of my brother's friends sitting in the back seat has draped his arm over the back of of the chair. And so his hand is dangling into my space. My space. And so I'm, I'm sitting back there as a kid looking around. I'm like, this guy is in clear violation of my space. This guy, has, he, and he's a Boy Scout. So this is a group of Boy Scouts. I'm thinking this kid ought to know better to, than to put his hand in my area. And so I'm looking around and my dad was Mr. Preparedness guy. So he had flares. He had all, all, all that kind of stuff in the trunk. And one of the things that he had in the trunk is these good old jumper cables. And these are my wimpy jumper cables. My dad had like the military issue grade, giant, huge. The theological word for them is honking. They were honking. Y'all just try that. Just say honking to your neighbor. Yeah, so it's theological. And so anyway, so I'm sitting back there and I'm looking around. And so I see his hand and then I see these. 
and I made a bad decision. Like, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson. And so his hand, and, and as a little kid, these looked giant. As a kid, I've got both hands on it trying to squeeze it. And so his hand's dangling back there. And so I take them and I snap them to his finger. And here's this guy that begins screaming like a little schoolgirl. He's like, ah! I can't believe I just did that. But anyway, you get... Good visual, right? And so he's screaming like a schoolgirl. And so my mom, who's four foot ten, I don't know if y'all met her last week, she was here. So my four foot ten mom pulls the car over. She pulls me out of the trunk. Let me just say, I've heard of timeout as punishment, but not knockout. I mean, I'm telling, I can't sit for the next week. How many of y'all have done something dumb like that? You've done something dumb. You look back, you're like, what were you thinking? Well, one of the things that I've come to appreciate about life is that life really does come down to choices, doesn't it? Life comes down to choices. It comes down to our individual decisions. It comes down to our decisions. And so today, as we wrap up this idea of rescue, I want to talk to you about some decisions that Moses made. See, one of the temptations is to think, well, Moses is better than us. One of the temptations is to think, well, he's a guy of the Bible. I mean, he's in the Bible. He's different than us. He's better than us. Well, here's, here's what you need to know about Moses. Moses, when he was a young man, he killed somebody. Chances are you haven't done that, have you? (laughs) And yet God could take this guy and use him to do something amazing. If you have your Bible, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. I'll I'll just say on the front end, Hebrews 11 is one of those books that's harder to find. It's harder to find. So feel free to use your table of contents if you need to. But in Hebrews chapter 11, this chapter is jam full of people that are a lot like you and a lot like me that, that God has used. And it's a great reminder that God can use anybody. I mean, if you go throughout the Bible, God has used some people that have done bad things. I mean, he really has. If you think about people like David, who uh, the Bible says that when he was supposed to be at war, he looked down and he saw this woman named Bathsheba. And so, I, you know, I, in our background screening for children's workers, I'm thinking that David wouldn't pass the test. You know what I'm saying? You slept with somebody else's wife. You had her husband killed. I'm thinking that would probably disqualify him. You, you with me? Right? I, I don't want him on church staff here is all I'm saying. And then you see people like Moses who killed somebody. I'm thinking probably wouldn't be on staff at Sugar Hill. And yet... God uses him to do something amazing. How could he do that? Because of decisions that he made. If you have your, uh, have something to write on, I'm going to ask you to jot these down. Listen to what it says. Hebrews chapter 11, listen to verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So decision number one, if you're taking notes, just write this down. Decision number one is to refuse the sinful. Refuse the sinful. Any one of us can do that. You don't have to be Moses to do that. This is a simple, in theory, decision to make. See, here's what it says. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused. So at this point, Moses is a young man. At this point, Moses has grown up in the palace of Pharaoh. In this point, even though on the inside he's an Israelite, on the outside he looks like an Egyptian. And so because of that, he has access to the best teaching. He has access to the best stuff. He has access to, to just a lot of influential things. And yet there came a moment where he began to look. He came to sort of that fork in the road where he had to decide, am I going to go down the path that I'm already sort of on? Am I going to go down this path where maybe one day I'll be Pharaoh? Maybe one day I'll be the ruler. Maybe one day I'll have all these slaves that work for me. And yet here's what Moses does. He looks down that path and he says, I can't do it. 
He looks down at that path and he says, this path is sinful. And so there's two words that it says. It it says in verse 25 that he chose. Listen to what it says in verse 25 as, as he's thinking about this. It says, by faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen to verse 25, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And let me just pause and say, the Bible is absolutely right about that. That the, the fleeting pleasures of sin, that sin is pleasurable. Sin is fun. Sin is that thing that gets your heart beating. And yet here's what the Bible says. Here, here, here's what God knows. Sin may be fun for a season, but but it's going to end. It's going to end. There's going to come a moment. And, I, and, and week after week, I hear stories like that of people that would just say, Bobby, if you knew my story, if, I, if, if I'd known better, I would have done better. That's what I hear often over and over again, just reminding me that it's about choices. So it says in verse 25, he chose. Well, underneath that first point, let me just give you a definition for that. Let me just give you what that literally means in, in the Bible. It means to take a position. It means to take a position. And it doesn't stop there. It says in verse 26, and he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking uh, to the reward. So the first word underneath that first point is choice. But the second word that I'd have you to write down is considering, considering. If you put these two things together that he chose and he considered, when you put those two things together, what that literally means is there came a moment in his life where he decided ahead of time, I want to do what God's called me to do. He considered, which means he thought further beyond the here and now. He didn't just stop with the immediate. He began to consider into the future, consider greatness in Christ better than greatness in Egypt. And so because of that, decision number one is that he's going to step away, that he's going to refuse the sinful. Every one of us can do that. Decision number two, if you're taking notes, that Moses made is to leave the familiar. To leave the familiar. Listen to what it says. It says, by faith... He left where? Where did he leave? He left Egypt. He left comfort. He left life as he knew it. I mean, for him, he grew up as Pharaoh's, as son of Pharaoh's daughter. As he grew up, he had everything that he wanted at his fingertips. As he grew up, he had everything, the, the best of the best. He was comfortable. He was comfortable. He knew what life was like. He knew what to expect. He knew what was coming his way. And yet here's what it says about him, that he chose to leave Egypt behind. Listen to what it says in the rest of this phrase, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was unseen. So here he is in the middle of of Egypt. Here he is being treated as the grandson of Pharaoh. Maybe he's being considered as one of the next Pharaohs. And yet in the middle of that moment, he's like, I've got to get out of here. I've got to leave something behind. Now, I haven't been to Egypt, and I don't know if you have or not. Maybe some of you have been. I, I, I don't I don't know Egypt. I don't know this area very well. I've studied it. I mean, I've, I've looked at it in, in, in Bible school, but I, I, I've never been there. But here's what I do know is I'm a creature of comfort. I don't know if you're that way. I, I, I like to know what's coming my way. I like to settle into a routine. I like to, I, whenever something in my schedule gets off, I, I flip out a little bit, right? I, I like to feel that control. And yet sometimes, here's what happens in the middle of our routine, in the middle of our control, God shows up and he says, you know what? You've got to leave what you're holding on to. Sometimes that happens in a family where, where, where God starts stirring in your heart that God wants to move you across the country or maybe even move you around the world. And inside of you, you're like, but God, it's so comfortable here. God is so comfortable. 
God, I got this degree. God, I landed this job. God, we're living in this neighborhood. God, it's comfortable. And here's what I'd say to all of us, myself included, is some, just because it's comfortable doesn't mean it's the will of God. Just because it's comfortable doesn't mean the will. I heard somebody say probably about three months ago, he said, uh, oftentimes our dreams never change the older we get. And he was talking about the fact that when we're kids, we have these great dreams, these great things that we want to accomplish. And he said, you know what? Our dreams never go away. We just settle for a monthly paycheck. And that like hit me. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense to you. But it was this reminder that we settle, we get into a routine. And here's what happens for Moses. He's like, this routine isn't right. I've got to get out of here. And so Moses left Egypt. What do you and I need to leave? As we think about wrapping up rescue, what is it that God's saying? You've got to leave this behind, this, this job, this bitterness, this anger, this sin. What is it? God says, I, I, I'm, I'm calling you to leave Egypt and say goodbye to it. So decision number one is to refuse the sinful. Decision number two is to leave the familiar. Here's decision number three, if you're taking notes, to do the unusual, to do the unusual. And so over and over again, God's sending Moses to Pharaoh saying, Pharaoh, it's time for you to let God's people go. And over and over again, Pharaoh keeps changing his mind. Over and over again, Pharaoh says, all right, well, maybe I'll let you go. And then he changes his mind. He pulls back on it. And so here's what God says. All right, here's the way I'm going to cause Pharaoh to want to let you go. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a death angel that's going to kill, bring death to all the households of Egypt. Can you imagine Moses' response at that point? <laughs> You're going to do what? I mean, we had the benefit of watching the movie, watching the Bible series, or you know, we've got scripture, we've got the Bible. So we know that that happened and, and we're sort of a little bit used to that. But here's what, th this is the first time it's ever happened. God says, I'm going to send a death angel and it's going to affect every household except for special households. And so Moses, I, I assume his ears perk up. All right, well, what are these special households? Do they put something on the doorknob? You know, is it the, you know, the little sign in the front? What is it? And here's what God says. No, the way that we're going to know what houses are special is because you're going to put the blood of lamb on a doorpost. What? <laughs> yeah. So this death angel is going to go through and it's going to bring death to every household except for the ones that have blood applied to it. Can you imagine spreading that word? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sacrifice a lamb. Here's what God says. We're going to eat a meal, but we've got to do it in haste. We've got to do it standing up. We've got to have our sandals on. We've got to have our, our, our staffs with us because God's about to do something. God's about to deliver us. And I'm telling you, in their day and age, that sounded unusual. God's going to do what? And yet, when you fast forward to our lives, it looks just as unusual. Because here's what happens in our world is we come into this world separated from God because of our sin. And here's what the Bible says. It's not our best effort that gets us into heaven. It's not us trying harder. It's not us being part of a cool church where God's doing cool things. What God says is the payment of sin is death. The Bible says that at just the right time that Christ died on the cross for our sins. And so sometimes people are like, well, how come you sing about blood? How come you talk about blood? It sounds so nasty. It sounds so, so weird. It sounds unusual. And yet here's what the Bible says. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so as we think about this rescue mission that God's called us to, God's calling some of us to say, you know what? You've got to turn away from the sinful. 
God's calling some of us to make the second decision to say, I'm willing to leave the familiar, the paycheck, the, the community, the, the whatever. I'm, I'm willing to leave the, the normalcy behind. But some of us, number three, we, we need to turn to the unusual. We need to turn to the blood of Christ. We can't earn our way into heaven. We can't be good enough to get into heaven. What the Bible teaches, just like we sung about, is our dead hearts need to come back to life. And here's what happens for Moses. Decision number four, he chose to change the world. He chose to change the world. Here's a guy that was far off. Here's a guy that was settled after he left Egypt in a place called Midian on the backside of nowhere, where he just settled and established his his life. And God showed up and said, there's something I want you to do. I believe in this room, there are some Moseses. In this room, I think, I don't know what the female version of Moses is, Moesha maybe, I'm not sure. But there are, thanks for the courtesy laugh though. Y'all are very kind today. They're very kind. There are some Moseses, some Moish, there are some men and women in this room that God is calling to rescue your family, to rescue Gwinnett, to rescue this world. And so my simple question is, will you make these decisions? You may not feel like you're a person of the Bible, but every single person can turn away from the sinful. Every single person can leave the familiar. Every single person can rely on the unusual. God, it's not me. God, it's you. And literally what begins to happen as we say yes to him is he uses us in some small way to change the world. Let me pray for us this morning. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Would you close your eyes? And I just want to pray for what God is doing here, what God is doing here. How many this morning would just say, Bobby, as you pray, pray for me because I feel like I'm still stuck in Egypt. I feel like I'm still stuck uh, in bondage. Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just slip your hand in the air? Would you just give me a little, a little wave so I know who I'm praying for this morning? Yeah. Anybody else? That's your story. Yeah. You can put your hands down. Let me ask you a second question. Is there anybody that just say, Bobby, pray for me because I feel like God has placed a call in my life. Just like Moses had to leave some stuff behind and he had to make some changes Bobby, I feel like there's some, some changes, some choices, some decisions I have to make. And they're not necessarily easy. They're not necessarily going to be fun. But I know that they're necessary. If that's you and you'd allow me to pray for you, would you do the same thing? Just hold your hands straight up in the air. Straight up in the air. Yeah. Father, I pray for the Moseses that are in this room today. I pray for the men and the women, even the young men, the young ladies, that you're calling out that you've met us in the middle of our Midian. You've met us in the middle of our routine. You've met us in the middle of life as we know it. And you're calling us out to be part of this rescue mission. God, I pray that you give all of us, myself included, the courage to say yes to that today. Help us to be people that live on mission. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.